0: His name is Day, right? Like, I I like
1: I like your 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 good at our name's by the way. I don't know if I told you that. You uh, know. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I'm still in the past. Your internet you don't let it not let you be great. Ayomide. Why are you smiling? Why are you, why are you batting your eyes? Please, I'm I'm beyond seduction, okay? Is your internet why would I say A say B?
2: See, to drink her. That's is trying to drink her coffee in peace. Just
1: Wait, wait, hold on. When I say A, say B. I am I drinking my tea. A, I am drinking my tea. I love your mug, by the way. I should have brought my own mug. I mean, when I say A, say B.
2: To oh, thank it, wait, to do it properly. To do it properly, it's A, B, and then you say C. It's not just okay. A and B. Okay, A, B. No. One person says A, the other person says B, and then the third person says C. Okay. That's how you can... Gantai yeah, is a psychiatrist, he's
1: Yeah, he's good now. Gantari is a psychiatrist. I mean, like oh, what's this picture Jesus. showing you? Is he a rabbit or Jesus? I'm really looking for a treat. Let me just let you know. This woman is amazeballs So, um, Nancy, I don't know if you have any questions for us before we get started. And I mean they anything- laughing
2: at your joke, so I suppose that counts for something.
1: <laughs> I mean, see <it's>, yeah. here <laughs>
0: trouble mm. <laughs> i was blazing
1: yo yeah <laughs> i'm gonna get in trouble for that i'm gonna pay you back um nancy by the way this is a middle-aged friend of mine who's you know always i don't know how we become friends because we, oh, I mean, we we're, we're going
2: we're going ages are we oh, I we're
1: going to where's gonna hit you below there? No. um so this is my middle-aged friend who lives in a third world country called uk not ukraine not to be confused with ukraine um his internet sucks and that's the only, only thing that sucks about him he's an apple lover um nancy don't tell me you like apple too eh, friend i do okay it's okay i mean nancy for you, don't I'll,
2: tell him don't tell you, her
1: nancy for you i'll make it i'll make a one-time exception because yeah, i mean you're lovely that's it And i know you have more than good things that kind of counter i mean there are so many vices it's kind of hard to find it where's the sweet spots to kind of say you want to like somebody like him but, you know, Jesus has paid the price for us. But that's why we're still friends. So this is Ayomide. Ayomide meet Nancy. And I met Nancy through Choo, another podcaster,
2: you know. Hello, he, Nancy. He, he, he Hello, you, you're Ayomide. Never... me my,
1: my joy has come. Mm, yeah. Yes.
0: Oh, my joy has come. That's yes. you. No, no, Olu- not no.
2: Tolanese, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ayomide. I love yes. it. Olu- it reminds Olu-Mide. me of
1: coffee, oh yeah that's
2: true that's
1: how, that's how I'm
2: relating it ah, so I God has come
0: go ahead, go my God has come mm-hmm. you also from Nigeria sadly yeah
2: not just God my God has
1: come yeah
0: <laughs> like... he's Nigerian but he could be Pace. alien he could be alien <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love uh... the laugh here the, the, uh, it's real I love it
1: Hi there, welcome to the More Simple Podcast. This is a podcast for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them. I am Mo, and I am your host, ready to spark your curiosity as I take you on this adventurous ride of exploring cultures through the stories of my guests from all over the world. On this show, we get really personal discussing salient issues that are relevant to our contemporary age and also building community around them. As our guests exercise courage and vulnerability in sharing their life's experiences we hope that in turn you are inspired by them and that you get the courage in to set your own stories free. Enjoy the ride and thank you so much for listening. Welcome back, everyone. This is Mo and.
2: I, 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 I am ready.
1: A... <clears throat> <laughs> All right. So, guys, today. You
2: didn't see that coming, did you?
1: Didn't see that coming, guys. <laughs> we have prepared for you. You know how we always say that we want to represent a lot of diverse voices on the show and have it more amplified? Today is no different. So let's begin. Um, Most of us have a picture in our minds when we hear the word immigrants. For some, it sounds like a dirty word. For others, it signifies someone with a dream, a dreamer. Today on the podcast, we have someone who was born and raised in Zambia, Africa. Shout out to all of my Zambian people that have been on the podcast. But she yeah. later migrated to America and settled in New York, where she has lived for 20 years. She has over 15 years of experience in the financial industry and currently works as a financial center manager. Guys, this is a big deal because I know for a, for a fact that she works one of these Fortune 500 companies, one of the major financial players in the U.S., actually across the world. As a dreamer, she has and continues to have a passion for making substantive bonds with audiences and also helping people to inspire them to reach for their dreams. Being an immigrant has been one of her life's most challenging and extraordinary experiences so much so that it inspired her to start her podcast called Concrete Pastures An African Immigrant Story and guys if you haven't tuned into that podcast you're missing a lot not because I featured on it but she has such amazing stories and she's also been very vulnerable and you guys know how big we are on vulnerability on the podcast right so go catch her podcast and I'm going to talk more about it towards the end of this episode but still stay with me there's still plenty of words but also because comes.
2: you featured on it
1: just because I featured on it I and mean, there's still some- <laughs> Cut into my thoughts, Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. I was like voice. Well, her platform is a platform to reach out to fellow immigrants and dreamers, and her goal really is to provide a platform for herself and others to share their stories as they deconstruct the worldview of immigrant status, unlock the joys, laughs, and bravery that being a dreamer brings about. Everyone, please join us in welcoming Nancy Mulenwa CC hey. to the podcast. Hey. 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 Nancy, I've never met a non-Zambian. Like, what's British people? Your your smile, your your skin is always popping. Is there something mm. about the Victoria Falls or whatever it is that's uh, selling that place and like, making you guys? All, yeah, there's a know, river. Something. The just something. Mm-hmm. Just there's just something. You guys are always so beautiful. I mean, it was Mulongo, yeah. uh, it's yeah. Grace, and it's you and it's Chulu. Thank oh, you,
0: thank you,
1: strong do. women, it's, strong, strong, it's amazing. It's the sun women. after the equator, you know. The sun just heats. Probably, 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 mm. probably. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. So, um, one thing I I do as a co-host is whenever I, I find somebody coming on the show, I just soak in as much as I can of them, so as to find questions to ask that haven't been explored yet, and we we hope that during the course of the next few minutes or so, we do a good job of your story because I know you have so much, um, to you and. My fear is that I won't have enough time. But in the next minute or so, let's just start with the beginning question, which I'm already sure you saw coming zambia to u.s tell us how that happened now you can skip the whole you you didn't swim across the ocean you you flew on the plane (laughs) um this might be um spoiler alert (laughs) flew across the plane um, (laughs) but tell us about your um life and experiences before the u.s and it's so humbling because i do know for a fact some of your experiences because i listened to your episode on that but for the sake of those who don't know about you can you tell us a little bit about your life and experiences before you made the move to the u.s
0: uh, yes. So my um, I, w- I was raised by um, very uh, in the rural area in uh, Mongo, actually in the western side of Zambia, to, for starters. And um, uh, my grandmother helped raise us. I have two sisters. It's three of us. I'm the firstborn. And on my father's side, I have um, I used to have two brothers. One passed away. I have a younger brother now. And um, during that time, I mean, my mom was out in the city, which is our capital city, Lusaka, going abroad to buy goods to supply to wholesalers. And that's how she was helping, taking care of us with my grandmother. And um, also during that time, my grandmother was feeding us by... um, Going to buy milk in the morning. She'd wake up at a crack of dawn, five o'clock. She'd go get milk at the deli, which is like it's just outside the milk, the cows, and then she buys a bucket of milk by ten or eleven o'clock. She was done. She would come home and buy and um, actually make fritters, which is fried dough. Oh, yes i think about it now i want to eat them <laughs> even though they're not so good for me
1: now but we grew up like puff puff and mandazi like the kenyans will have i don't know what puff uh it's kind of like mandazi like the fried dough like you the dough right there yes. you fry it and all. yeah it's Pof yes. Pof Pof. kenyans will call yes. it mandazi but it's the same concept you know yeah yeah
0: yeah oh, i think we have we all have the same foods
1: stuffed and we fluffy have, yes yes uh, my dad yeah. puff puff
2: i was going to say this sounds like puff puff
0: <laughs> yeah so um yeah during the um the time of my grandmother's house was made out of clay and uh, oh my god the thing is when you grow up so rural you don't even realize how rural it is hmm. so when i was i used to play we the, I, we had no toys, so I would go to the grocery stores that we used to have around. There would be a, a, a teller, the, the teller that I used to make clothes, and those pieces of clothing that she would cut off, I would grab those, make an outfit out of uh, out of those things. I would sew them together, and then I would come home, made make a uh, some type of like a door out of grass. So I would take the grass out make the hair as the roots and I was so like I would have such an imagination that now I look at kids I'm like oh my god they really don't really have that type of imagination like when you are growing up in a rural area or somewhere in Africa because you improvise on whatever you have you use those things and I would get like uh, Taps of toothpaste, like Colgate toothpaste, and I would imagine the top of it as the toilet because my mom's older brother used to live uh, in a house with electricity and from time to time we would go visit. So he had a flashing toilet, we would go and I would just imagine that my imagination was wild. I lived in my head completely uh, and it was my way of escape for some, for, for, in a way was, um. As when you're young, you don't like a lot of things. I didn't. I, I didn't like eating dry fish. My grandmother loved. I, I used to think she loved, but I think that's what she could afford because mm. it was cheaper. And like buying meat, so when meat was around, whew, well behaved. I, today's midday, because we'll all be eating in the one in the one plate. I had mm. my uncle's aunties, my sisters, so we we'll would be eating in one plate. So if you miss lunch, that's it. You (laughs) miss dinner, that's it for you. Eight o'clock was bedtime. And um, from there, my mom uh, kind of made it, bought my my grandmother a house. So this house, um, again, I emphasize, I tell a lot of this on my podcast, but I emphasize on this, it was a time where we we saw a change and it defined the type of person I became. Uh, When she bought the house... A little bit after that I was in sixth grade my mom took us when it was time for me to go to seventh grade we came to Lusaka I didn't experience the city that much to be honest right away because my mom again traveled a lot so we were mostly with um, our housekeepers so my mom decided you know what it's three girls i'm gonna take you to boarding school so huh. i spent five years in boarding school which was the best time actually of, of my life <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah i, I think it, it, it was the best time of my life it shaped me in a way that I'm, I'm i was very independent it has its pros and cons yes so it shaped me that i was too independent <laughs> <laughs> and then um I learned a lot a lot of life skills when I went there I didn't have my period I experienced my period through mm-hmm. seeing other people seventh grade I, I didn't know what it was uh one time someone is sitting they are bleeding I'm just like what? what is that nobody sat me down to explain to me what that is so I had to learn through trial and error I guess for myself And watching other kids go through life. Yep. So... Periods, and then my boobs took long to come. <laughs> I, I look like a. a, a I like had a my tomboy. <laughs> yes, I had my tomboy moments. Did you shave your hair
1: too? Because
2: yes. to be oh I had to shave. I have a my picture. My, my, my hair,
0: my hair was like very short. My hair was very short. Yes, I had my tom. I
1: have a picture. Uh, I uh, a frankly in those days. I was just like a boy. Just like a boy. <laughs> yeah. And Is the there a picture
2: you'd be happy for us to share okay. as part of like the Please,
0: it, it, please, it, it, please, it, it. please, big, please, please. Ah, look at this diamond. deal. I know, right? I
2: know. All right. So obviously, I, that was a stupid question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the fact that I ran track. So when you were in sports, for some reason, I didn't realize this growing up because I was just wondering and questioning everything as to why things were delaying, and when. I stopped running track, that's when I saw my, my development started coming through, my boobs showing up and stuff, mm-hmm. and then I started to date after that. For some reason, you know, boys were ignoring when you don't have anything showing oh, yeah. on you. <laughs> what
1: do you have to say about that? I mean, you only want us now when we've grown, grow some peckers. Where were you? When were we were still trying to come out yes. great?
2: I have, I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. <laughs>
1: So they want to come and flock with, you not know, plant. Yeah. Opportunistic people. Don't mind <laughs> them, Jarenancy. <Jerry> <laughs> They're all like that.
0: Yeah. That, um, I, I, when I think about it now, I'm just like, wow, well, yeah. Nobody acknowledged me that time when I didn't have anything popping yeah. Yeah. around. Yeah. So um after five years of boarding school, I graduated. Went i was home nothing to do really and then um, my mom was still traveling so i kind of experienced my mom for two years per se and um she during that time she was carrying me around going to the banks uh with her her bank at that time was standard chartered mm. at that time when she used to take me we would go to make deposits and she would go to the excel side i believe that's what they called it. I. And that was like private banking would call it. like
1: people that have plenty of money. Special clients. Yes. Mm. Yeah, special clients. <laughs> yes.
0: So when you when we used to sit there, she's my mom was not even that concerned. She put me in the forefront here. You give the money. She's doing her own stuff. They're offering her tea. They're they are doing all of these pampering, you know, white glove treatment yeah. they were giving. Yeah. And um, for me, I was just mesmerized by the girl. I was taking care of my mom all the time. Like she was so beautiful, how she was so well put together. I love to put my, I I love dressing up. Uh I love to, it's like an armor for me. So I'm sitting there and thinking what I want to do with my life. And I was just thinking, I want to get into banking. That was when the thought came to me about getting into banking. And then, you know, I, I went on with my life. But every time I went, now my mom started sending me by myself. I would ask a few questions, like how she got there. She's like, oh, I went to college. I have this degree. I was like, oh, that's too much work. (laughs) I'm not a a, a good scholar. I I don't like school like that. I can study. Uh, One thing that boarding school taught me is studying, like having a structure of how you can study. But when I went... um, when my mom asked me, what do you want to do with your life? I told her I wanted to go to America. Okay, let's get that happen. So we started to work on that. I finally got my visa. Uh, once I got my visa, my mom fell ill. Mm. Then that stopped the journey from me going. Uh, finally, my mom got better and the uh, going to America situation came around. But prior to that, one time I was, we have these minibuses in the country. In town. I'm on a bus. I'm so drowned into my own thoughts. This guy just looks at me and he tells me, um, God has a plan for you. He gives me Jeremiah 29. 11. And verse 11. Wow. And he tells me, because I was so drowned into my mom's sickness, into me uh, trying to figure out what my life was going to be like. And just depressed as to I am not doing such a good job with my mom's business right now. Like what am I going to do with my life? Or if something happens to her, what's going to happen to this business? So once he gives me that, I, te- I rem I memorize the verse. Yeah. And as soon as um as soon as he gave me that, it's almost instant, huh. the guy was no longer there. I don't know where wow. he came from. I don't know if I blinked. He came out of the, the bus. I don't even know. I've never hey, shared Batman you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, I've never even yeah. shared it. This has happened only twice in my wow. life. Wow. This wow. Was I've heard the people, first... people talk about things like I've, this. Well, yeah, I've yeah. Heard,
2: yeah, I've heard of the social yeah, stories. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Sort of angel
2: been... type stories, right? Yeah,
0: yes. Yeah. This has happened twice in my life. This That was the first time I experienced it. And I looked around to see the person... The, uh, it it they didn't show up yeah. okay it just happened jeremiah 29 verse 11 so i got home i didn't forget i went straight to my bible and i read the verse so i stuck to that and even when no matter how much because we had told it was me and my aunt that were supposed to come my mom's cousin we had told some a lot of our relatives that we were going to go to america and they started to ask hey when are you guys going so it's <laughs> also like depressing when someone asks you, oh, such and such got their visa, they left already. What are you still doing here? Blah, blah, blah. So it was just like, okay, this is a never-ending. When we finally um, got on board on preparing, uh, we got to leave. So we finally left. I was, again, mixed emotions of Mm the unknown coming to America. I don't know how life is going to be. Um, I was very nervous, and that was stressful for me when I got here. Thankfully, my aunt was here, my mom's young sister. She was here to receive us and to show us around. Um, Yeah, that's how I got here in the short version of it.
2: thanks for sharing that that's 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 an amazing story um with with way more twists than yeah <laughs> than we expected Thank um you. yeah it's i think i think the, the really amazing thing about i i read a tweet this week um which is a very interesting tweet um and it was you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about how Silicon Valley, um, a lot of the talent is actually immigrants.
1: Mm, the um, evil one.
2: <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, I, yeah, and, and there was even one that like highlighted a particular ethnic group from Nigeria. Um, but, you know, um, the egos, but what struck me was a different tweet that I saw, but related to that, which was highlighting that actually the act of immigration itself is an act of entrepreneurial, is an entrepreneurial act right even though it's personal it's literally like what isn't being an entrepreneur it is striking out into something new to build something you know that that doesn't exist mm. but that's what we're doing with our lives isn't it when we yes. move countries we're striking out into somewhere new to build a different kind of life for ourselves that before we strike out is only in our heads right
0: yeah that's why i call it dreamers <laughs> Like yeah. it's, it's, it,
2: it is dream it is yeah. it is it, it is very entrepreneurial and i'd never thought about it that way um and, and but i have thought about the fact that there's something about uprooting your life in that sense that it's like nothing else is scary anymore like like what else like you've mm-hmm. left your home country, you've left everyone you know.
1: The greatest adventure. <laughs> what,
2: what does anyone want to scare you with anymore? It's like bring it on.
1: I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> I know. It's like boo, no. You know, and, and your story
2: just, your story just really um, yeah. Yeah. exemplifies that. Uh, but speaking of ethnicity, um, you know, I wanted to ask what ethnicity you are because you know you, we often talk about the fact that Africa is is not a country, but we often forget that. Zambia is not one people either, right? Nigeria is not one people. None of our countries. <laughs> oh, Nigeria is not people. the
1: only country in Africa, <laughs>
2: <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. So that, that one is it's a different country. Exactly cool. When color I, color. I meet
1: a Nigerian, I'll always ask what tribe you are, even if I don't know. But when I meet a non Nigerian, I hardly ask about that tribe. I just ask, oh, yeah, well, because why do we do that? Though?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we have 73 um, dialects in my country. So, and, what's your
2: ethnicity specifically, and your language?
0: So, my tribe is Silozi, Lozi. Mm. So, I speak okay. Lozi. Uh even How though do I'm, you spell lo- that? I'm losing touch. Uh S i l o z i Silozi. Right. Okay. And then yeah. Okay. L-O-Z is Lozi is L o z i. Right. So then, so every tribe is from different parts of, of the, the country. Is so the, we, we have in the southwest
1: part. part of it.
0: So, we... Mines is from Western Province. Ah. Uh, so, like all of Mongol. West, yeah, yeah, so, Mongo, So, yeah. all of Western mm. Province, we are... We speak uh, one see. of the same. But right now, we kind of blended because of... Um, we have people from Angola that mm. migrated during the war. Mm. It was closer. Mongol side was closer.
1: I see. Uh, kind of like we have, like, French people speaking um, Nigerians close to the border between, you know ah,
0: nice. Yeah, so we have people that speak Portuguese. Um, we we have people that speak Luwale, so it's like a whole lot. And the food also in Mongo becomes diverse because pe- different people from uh, different country.
2: Okay, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, no but you see, this is this is the thing because I'd never heard of Silozi before. Um, but the more the more we we ask about these things, the more we get to know, isn't it? And and yeah. and, and now I know Selozy. And if I see someone else who's Selozy, I can be like, ooh, you know yeah. I've I've met one Selozy person and, and I'm beginning to that's now it's no longer your first time anymore, is it?
0: no yeah um, just like you know my, my Nigerian people once I had someone the first Nigerian on the podcast I was like yes
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and now I've had how many
1: three uh, kind of one counts yeah yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm.
2: so n- now that you've 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 um now that you've moved right and you've done this this entrepreneurial act um what would you say that you, you know, and obviously you've shared a few things, but what would you say has surprised you the most? Um, One, about yourself, but also about the US and especially New York. And then third question, which I'm happy to ask again, if you don't remember it, Mm -hmm. what would you say you see differently about Zambia? Because one of the things I think happens when you, when you leave your country, is you see it differently, you know, as sort of like an outsider. And when you, because you're also in a different environment, it's, it's, you know, I feel like there's a sense in which you see something differently when you've stepped out of it a little bit, right? When you, it's like there's some things I don't know about you, but like there's some things you don't know about your family until you go to your other friends' houses. <laughs> and you're like, wait, you even everyone doesn't make rice like this. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah Um, so i think in the same way when you leave a country when you leave your country and go to another country um there's there's things about your country that i think you appreciate more um there's other things that you sort of um feel differently about but i'm particularly interested in the things that you appreciate more that maybe you took for granted so i think i'm asking a lot of questions as well so let's start with what would you say has surprised you the most about yourself and about the u.s and then we'll get to the second half later
0: Okay. Um, So, what has surprised me the most is the ability that I've been able to change uh, myself as as I grow through life. I've been able to change through those uh, to make changes. It's almost like a chameleon being able to change myself as if uh, whatever comes. against me or comes towards me or however life hits me I'm able to change and mold myself into that situation and how I'm able to handle myself I've toughened up Um, toughening up also was from uh, being in boarding school my independence level was higher but now I've kind of gone down because when you are too independent you kind of scare people out, away and i had this mentality of doing things all by myself all by myself a sense of community is important i've grown to uh change into having uh, a community i've i have so many sisters all over I, I may not talk to them every single day but when something happens They are there to call me. I call them and I hope I show up for them the same way they do. Um, But that has surprised me on how I've been able to grow. Like no matter what I go through, because being an immigrant, you go through so much havoc. It's not all good. We may post a nice picture of me just, you know, looking good that day. A lot of the times, I honestly just love to have no wig on and just have my hair on and just be in my pajamas all day. Those are the days that I'm probably going through something that I am I have to take care of. Um, I'm a single mother now. It's a whole different change. For me, it's a different chapter that I'm going through. I've had different chapters, just like everybody else experiences different chapters in life. Being able to change through those chapters and accepting those chapters as they come. So that has surprised me. then when it comes to new york whew, i love new york
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> you've only lived in new york correct
0: right? i've only it. lived in new york I've, wow. I've visited uh different states we actually
2: feel like people who live. love new york are a special they can't live. group
1: they can't even they're live. a
2: special group of people it's
1: hard for them to leave and go anywhere else I
2: because think there's there's nowhere like that from all that by all accounts they
1: just like it it's kind mm-hmm. of
2: like in lagos there's a trap go on though Yes, Sorry.
1: I think this is a
0: trap for me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap because I I I've tried to think of uh I we I almost moved out of New York, but I'm so used to the fast pace of life that even one time the few times I've been back home I've told myself, I'm like, oh, my God, how can I come and retire and be in this space when I've been living in such a fast pace? In New York, you go to a restaurant because I've been to other states, guys. It's not the same. OK, no, I, I go to a restaurant. So no, you are approached at the door. You, you, you sit down. Your waiter is with you the whole time in a lot of restaurants. What would you like to order? All right. You order right away. Ha! Huh. We went to Mont- uh, to Ontario. It's right here, Canada. <laughs> Two hours. We were just there, like sitting, <laughs> looking at each other. Uh, they bring you bread. And you didn't leave? <laughs> no. The thing is, <laughs> there were not too many choices, and we were so tired. We're like, okay, we'll just wait. The level of attention and the service that they give you get so used to all of that people get very spoiled so I'm I'll admit I'm spoiled to the New York life and also New York has so, so many opportunities uh, I'm sure we can find all of these opportunities other states not, However,
1: like New York, though. not like New York there's no yes. place like New York there's no place like
0: New York it, it gives such a vibe that is like so vibrant it's I can't even explain it. You have to see it for yourself and experience it for yourself.
1: Yeah. And there is the is the heterogeneity of the people, different pockets. I, I oh go God. into a subway. I'm always big on culture, like trying to do like this, yeah. you know, genetic profile, like where's this person from? I've seen people that have just confused me, blue eyes, um, black looking people. I'm like, well, I want to just stop there. Where are you from again? Tell me your, you know, genetic bl- blueprints. You go to Times Square at 3 a.m. in the morning. Don't ask me why I'm up at 3 a.m. in the morning. Oh, it's no, like the, night. The numbers, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't sleep. The city never yeah. sleeps. People are still my, walking on the street. Mom. You can still <laughs> buy food on the corner. Here in Oklahoma, yeah. 9 o'clock restaurants are closed. You get it at oh, 30, no. they won't serve you. And we don't that, have no That's the right.
0: part. So yeah. you see, that's the part yes, that where yes. we're very spoiled. Yes, yeah. And uh, my mom came to visit 2005. First, because her, her, she was at her peak during that time. So her business was doing phenomenal. So she just came to visit. She's like, okay, listen, this is something to check off. So it was just something to check off her box. So I've been to the United States, okay? So she came, and in that, you know, to come and see her daughter in a long way. Yeah. <laughs> I took her around. We went to Times Square and um, I remember we were there at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. For her, because of the time difference, it didn't affect her that much. Yeah. So we were there and she was just like, people don't sleep. I'm like, yes, this is the city that never sleeps. And then the subway, the trains, how quickly they move, how people, It's it's so congested. Like she's like, how do you remember where to go? Even though you have a map, I got lost so many times. Okay? Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah. many times. And Google the Maps in New York works differently from my Google Maps in Oklahoma. Because it yeah. shows you all the colors of the, the way the training. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my, are we still yes. in the same US?
0: Yes, we have the green line. <laughs> we have the orange. Yes, we have yes. the yellow. We, we have all of these lines. And the maps you...
1: are so interactive. It feels like I'm yeah. in the future. And Oklahoma is so stuck in the past. Same country. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's uh, it's the biggest um metro that we have. Yeah. I think yeah. in the states. Um yeah. I mean it it's it's great living in New York. It's very expensive. That's the only downfall. Um everything is expensive. Yes. And- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> trade-off. <laughs> and yes, it is it is a trade-off for sure. Yeah. Rent is yeah. expensive, food is, is expensive, and now that we're going through through what we're the going show, through yeah. inflation, yeah. forget it. Um, everything has skyrocketed. I hope we get raises for our paychecks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, you think because <laughs> they keep killing us out of gas. And then I guess even for your kids, you know, because I know I'm going to explore that in a bit they get to they get to be exposed to different worldviews by virtue of the people they interact with and their neighbors at school and other social settings. Different cultures. Yes, yes. So everything ends up paying up for itself. Not everybody can afford to move to New York. I have visited lots of times and I grew up in a big city in Nigeria, Lagos. And to me, going back to New York is almost like going back home and I think Oklahoma and Texas has spoused me. I love big garages. I love to have a big yard and a you know open space. And my neighbors, you know, social distance with my neighbors. New York feels like you can actually pass the cup to your neighbor next door through the window. And I'm like, oh, this is an like, eco like living. Uh, maybe someday, maybe when I retire, no, I can have exactly a condo like in that. Manhattan. Me, yeah. Well,
0: you know what? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you touch on a good point. Because of how I was raised, humble beginning. Yeah. and for me this is like making up of all All my times
1: yeah the extremes all all, all of it (laughs) so it's like
0: on on the extreme
1: level of it yes 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 (laughs) so before we get into your family let's talk about just the jobs you've done here because Amazeballs, you, ha- you have a, you've, you've built your profile in such a way, because I thought I was stalking you on LinkedIn, I know you are a <laughs> bank, branch manager, one of the biggest financial institutions in the world, congratulations, oh, I can thank imagine you. it took a while for you to get there, and none of yeah. the microaggression and the e that, you know, abound in the workplace, you survived, thank you for, you know, showing us away. Now, can you just tell us about how you went from just being that scrawny little Nancy, who moved to the US, you know, about 20 something years ago to someone who has made it big. How did you make your way up that ladder?
0: Um so the the beginning of my employment here in the US was <laughs> babysitting. So I did uh babysitting and housekeeping at the same time uh 6 days a week taking care of five five kids uh ages were six months and i believe the last one the older one so was like an au pair seven. like it was a whole like an opair, pair like a opair pair mechanism like did they pay you like like an au
1: pair yes. okay yes. whatever they call it okay was it for um american like white american
0: or yes this was um white american jewish family oh okay
1: that's yes. definitely
0: it's The culture and the religion. Were they Jewish as a religion yes, as well? Yes, the, there were oh. Jewish and religion. So you had Hasidic had, Jews, or just I had to remember. Yeah, I wouldn't say Hasidic, uh, hasidic to that Jews. extent. Okay, I wouldn't so, say to that extent. They, they observed. Again because yes. okay. right. they didn't go to the synagogue okay but they okay. observed the meal. the young people are now that okay okay so you cannot mix the whole this thing this. yeah 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 so yeah it was um it was very interesting and for me it was shocking to be honest with you that someone had five kids i came from my grandmother my grandmother had eight children and that alone i was just like okay that's the norm for africa but here in the US, from what I was taught, even in school, there was like two kids, it's the backs. And it was shocking to me to see that she had five kids. And even, they were even in talks to the, to having a sixth one because, hey, they have money and they could afford it. Their, their house was, um, they, they lived in a mansion, like to say the least. I can't even describe it in. in oh, I in can the, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So each child had their own room to say. And then the parents in New York City. Yes. Each child has their own room. And then they extended it to the other side where they actually made uh, a seventh quarter, like for, for me to, to have my own.
1: What century was this? Was it during the slavery era? So just kidding. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
0: for for me to have a seventh quarter and stuff the other side the old side they had the seventh quarter so i i slept downstairs they were upstairs um so it was a lot of shock so i did that for six months i traveled with them my first travel was to puerto rico which was i was questioning so many questions because i didn't know puerto rico was part of you know the u.s territory Uh, being that I was uh, on a visa I didn't know if they would let me through when I came back so I ended up going with them and where we went to stay they um, there were rumors that um, Whitney and Barbie stayed there mm. it was a very fancy hotel um, I had, think I had the best tuna uh, sandwich in my life they are so fresh and the best um, yeah for, so from that I was, and then uh, the next trip we had was in Florida, which was uh, Miami South. Everything was, you know, money, um, money, money, everything. But that experience, it was so bad for me in a lot of ways. But it taught me also a lot to appreciate where I am today because I really needed to go through that. I guess God does certain things that, at the time, I'm just like, why am I going through this? And this is not the America that I was promised to have. Because when people were talking about babysitting and housekeeping, they make it so simple for people that it's just like you are dusting off. You know how, like, when they are doing the advert to dusting off? No, you're scrubbing floors for five kids, and feeding. the has
1: being six months.
0: Yes Bang. you're scrubbing floors, you're cleaning toilets, you're making beds, diapers, yeah, nah. you're dusting, and changing
1: diapers nah. and bathing to drink, too. dropping out from school now nah, nah.
0: yeah, so you're doing all of these things, so it's not an easy job, like people describe it. yeah uh, did they pay be. for
1: each of the kids like no. so?
0: It was three fifty for, for six days. I went on Monday morning. I came back home for a few hours. Uh, on Sunday, I would get home since it was five. So long it was in Long uh, Island, I would get home maybe around 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. So I only went home to be honest with you. So I can just eat my own food. First of all, and just a break from the screaming of the kids, playing with the kids, everything else. I needed to go home to, to be with my, my aunt for, for, just with my familiar, you know, environment at that time. So from that, I, um, my body started giving up by itself. Mm -hmm. It was too much work. I was getting stressed. I didn't share anything that I was going through. My boss was not the nicest person. Um, she would, she was going through her own thing. It's too many kids. You're managing kids, you're managing a marriage, and you also want to manage yourself. And then there's also a new person in your house. So all of those things she was managing and all of her stress was coming off to me. And I did not deserve it. And I didn't share that with anybody uh, in our house. So I kept everything to myself. Uh, During that six months, I got very sick. Very, very sick. I suffer from tonsillitis from time to time. Mm. So I was home for a week. I told my boss I'm sick. She asked me, you need to find somebody to cover you. That that time, my aunt happened. One of my aunts, because I have two. One of my aunts happened not to be working. I think she was on holiday. Her, her, her boss was on holiday. So she was home. So she went to cover me. My boss did the same thing that she was doing to me, to her. your aunt. So my aunt then found out what was truly happening in the house. It's like, okay, why haven't you? So when she was coming, this was so funny. Mom, all of, all of, this was so funny. So I, I've, it's a week after. So she's coming on Sunday. <laughs> I opened the door. Downstairs because I already know what time she's coming. So I opened the door. She's coming downstairs. Uh she's coming upstairs. Why didn't you tell me? Your <laughs> boss was so evil. Wow. So why is she yelling all of the time? Wow. I'm like
1: And her. let me imagine you were just maybe the money you were even saving was actually helping the family, and you didn't want that to affect, you know, the flow of things. You just took it upon yourself. Let me just sacrifice this, even though I'm not comfortable here. Like like a, like a good African child, right?
0: So the thing is, when I came, my dad had passed away in 1998. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I had a younger brother. He was four years old. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I think he was four years old when I left. So I took upon that responsibility for me to take care of him. And at the Mm -hmm. time, I also had my other younger brother. Mm -hmm. Yep. Black tax. Mm -hmm. So I also had my other younger brother. So I was taking care of them. Because it started from back home. Even when my mom used to give me... Um, money which she used to I would buy clothes for my little brother instead of me using the money I would give it to my little brothers so that responsibility I was like you know what I'll just push through let me get some experience plus also I didn't want to feel like I failed myself I chose to come here I need to make sure that I can make it through like what am I going to do if I go home when I finally went back to work after I I got sick, I went and told my boss I'm like I got together with myself. I'm like, you know what? I cannot do this to myself. I'm sure I can find another job that's less stressful than this.
1: Yeah.
0: I told her I I'm going to uh, I'm going to be leaving in 2 weeks. At that time, they had planned a trip to go to Miami. So during that time, we go, uh, she tells me when I told her, she's like, oh, no, listen, we, um, I, I need you to come with me to Miami. But I I don't know how I can take care of these kids. I'm like, okay. Uh, I committed to going with you, so we're going to go. The day comes to go to Miami. Yeah. And then I remind her again, because there was nothing written. I remind her again, and I told her, Oh, uh, remember, when we come back from Miami, and we were going for exactly two weeks. When we come back from Miami, I, uh, I'm i quitting. That's it. I'm not coming back. This lady changes her mind, or she plays, uh, like, the amnesia moment, which I hate when people do that, and I felt like I was being taken advantage uh-huh. of. Yes. The thing is, I, I can't deal with people who all of a sudden have amnesia. When I Jeez. told you
1: selective amnesia Mm -hmm. yes like
0: selective amnesia when it's time
2: to when it's time to do their it it,
0: it pisses me off so she tells me oh no you never told me you were living in two weeks you have to give me a month or two weeks again from now i'm like you cannot like i was so angry and the fact that is where the respect where i came from is so big i couldn't talk back to her so I'm just bawling my eyes out. She took my passport because we had to use ID at the airport. So that was my only ID. So she wow. had taken my. She took my passport. In
2: the UK, that would be modern slavery. That's yeah, what that would yeah, clarify yeah, us.
0: yeah. She told me at home. Let me not even forget. She tells me she's like, if you don't give me two weeks, I'm not going to pay you.
1: I already worked. I already,
0: want you. I already just, just... yeah. I already gave oh. you two. Um, I told her I'm like, listen. Again, when we go home, this is the last time I'm I'm working for you. I'm very unhappy. I'm very stressed. I'm tired. I cannot take care of your five kids for you. She tells me, I'm not going to pay you. Then she hit my call. And I told her slavery ended a long time ago. (laughs) She she was just like gasping. She's like, (sighs) and then she she told her friends, she's like, can you believe what this girl told me? I didn't care how she. I I, I didn't care. At at that point, I didn't care. She could have called whoever, the marshals, whatever. I didn't care. Pay me my money. I worked for it. It's not for free. I love your hmm. kids, but I'm not going to take care of them for free. We get home. She holds my passport. She gives it to her husband. And her husband goes and sits in the car. Me and her are going back and forth about my passport. Oh, she says, I'm going to call immigration. I'm like, I didn't come here without a visa. I came here legally. If you want to call immigration, you do. A, you go ahead and do that. I finally decided to go outside to go talk to her husband. I asked him, please, can you give me my passport? He just hands over my passport. I was so angry at myself. I'm like, why was I battling this... <laughs> yeah so I ended up giving her the two weeks anyway don't blame me I had to do it I had to live in the right way for the kids so I got the um I left I gave my two weeks she apologized during that two weeks to me on how she was treating me the whole time also in a way she was trying to kind of uh, win me over to stay but I was already I had made up my mind already once you've showed yourself to me, I give a few chances, but I gave away too many chances uh, for me to forgive her and stay. I forgive her, but I'm going to stay very far from you. But again, like anything, you get tired of it. And my goal at the, at the core of me, I really wanted to get into banking. I wanted to do something other than just being, that was not my life to be a babysitter. For some people, they just make it as their life. For me, it was mm. not for me. It was a
2: temporary bus stop on the way to where you were heading.
0: Yes. So with that, um, I quit my job. I stayed home for two weeks. And then I, something kept telling me about uh, going to Bloomingdale's. Every time I passed by 59th Street, I was it was telling me, you got to go, you got to go. I took a train went to the human resources again with this resume situation (laughs) so I got there I, I asked I'm like do you guys have any openings I was just like yes we do have openings um uh we actually have an opening upstairs you go talk to the manager upstairs guys I ran okay ran upstairs they asked me uh do you have a resume I'm like I forgot it I had to improvise, so I was like, I forgot my um my resume. He's like, okay, what can you do? I'm like, I have experience with um cash, uh, cash, and uh, handling the you know the cashiers, customer service, of course. So, I like, okay, well, they asked me a few more questions. They interviewed me. They, I guess my personality came through, so they had me on the spot. I went home jumping skipping the same day they told me go do your drug test I'm like yes please give me the paperwork I went to do the drug test I'll pee right here way.
1: right now <laughs> yes
0: I went to do the drug test right away right oh my god I was skipping I quit McDonald's I give them my two weeks this time I had to do it the right the, the written way so this way nobody's telling me things so I give them my Less two weeks
1: Once between yeah. twice
0: yeah. <laughs> yes so I gave them my two weeks and that started my resume. And then I started to work for um, Bloomingdale's. In Bloomingdale's, one day there was a guy from Citibank opening up accounts for employees. So he was downstairs. I happened to see him. I went to him and I asked him um, how to open up an account. This was the first time I opened up my account. Wow. And then... Um, like a bank account. Like a bank like, like
2: a, that's i yeah. just want to i just want to point out the irony that it took you that long to open an account <laughs> and, and then, now you're working like a foremost bank
0: yeah this is why it's like how are you saving your
1: money Were you using piggyback
0: all this while i was putting it in my suitcase honey <laughs> this, this is what I, I the thing is my community the, yes, I was only yes. advised as to, you can only open up an account when you mm-hmm. have your social security number, yeah, yeah, you, you have yeah. your green card, you have information, your papers.
1: Information. So
0: I didn't even bother to go to the bank myself to go find out because I took whatever they told me at face value. I trusted mm. them. They've been here long enough and I didn't even do my own research. So I went to the guy, I asked him if I can open up an account. Like, what are the qualifications? He told me your passport, that's it. And the fact that you work here, like, oh, okay. That's how I got my first account. And I decided to ask him about Citibank. He told me, oh, we're actually hiring. He helped me. So this is what he did. He said, come over to my house. Let's build a resume together. He's from Senegal. Um, let's build your resume together. You have McDonald's, you have um, Bloomingdale's, you have customer service, you have cashiers, uh, you you have cash experience. Because that's what we look at when we're trying to hire someone. What experience do you have? So either one of them, sometimes we can hire from just customer service or cash experience, depending on the position you want. I was going at the first level, which is a teller. We went on Google, we looked up questions on how to interview. So he was asking me those questions on how to respond and how I was responding. I was nervous as hell. I never owned a suit. Mind you, back home, I had so many suits. Coming here, I was leaving, I, I was leaving those suits. I was like, I'm going to buy more stuff in America and all of that. And then I come here, I need a suit. I, um, I, what did what I wear for my interview? I wore a top. It was long-sleeved, and it was low-cut, showing a little bit of a cleavage. And I I had pants that had, like you could barely see, they they had detail. They're more like um, tuxedo pants. But on the line of the tuxedo, they had like little holes in it. It was very, very, very stylish. A little bit tight. I'm tall, skinny at that time. So everything was like holding. I go to the interview. I do well mm-hmm. on the interview. They were going to hire me right away. So, this is this point I'm sharing it matters how you show up. So, first impression. So, I do well. They love my personality, they love everything except how I was dressed. And the then the cleavage was
1: showing. Mm.
0: The cleavage was not even showing that much, but I've seen a but lot. But that setting, yeah.
1: But that's setting, yeah. Maybe. But, yeah. but
0: that setting, and I was interviewing. I didn't even realize I interviewed with the regional manager who manages mm. all the, the banks in that area, and the manager of that location. So they loved me. That's the feedback they gave my the person that referred me. He took me to H and M that evening. <laughs> get me a suit. and they original manager because they loved how i interviewed they sent me to another location to go interview with the location they also needed someone Um. so he got me a suit i wore that suit to to, to my interview the next day passed it i got the job right away and um yeah that's how i got into banking from that point For my first
1: bank. have like
2: the craziest experiences.
1: <laughs> yeah. like, we don't have it's any like... questions. We don't have any questions. I just give you the mic. I have it just tell us everything. <laughs> you
0: yeah. know we're podcasters. You render
1: us useless, Nancy. Thank you very much. It's <laughs> like, i why do we even summarize? So she said everything. But sorry, go ahead. Everything. I just that's... want
2: to read that comment. Yeah. No, no, no. It's well. I mean, yeah. The I mean, it's. Yeah, it's it's just I'm reminded of um, 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 something I saw again. You know, I was going to say something I saw on Twitter, and I was just thinking, this is how you can tell that I'm on Twitter a lot. <laughs> um, you know, the the um, something someone said about you know you have to be if you're moving. Um, oh no, no, it wasn't on Twitter. It was um, it was something I saw. There's the Washington say i think what denzel washington or morgan freeman um that if 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 people see you struggling they will help you but if you're just sitting down doing nothing then they'll just watch you
1: Mm. or walk past you yeah you know
2: and and i feel like that's just basically what your story um is about like you the more you put yourself out there right it's almost like you were making your own luck in a way because Mm. i'm pretty sure none of that would have happened if you just sat you know sat back and hoped something would happen it was as you were going out and you know sort of stretching yourself and putting yourself out there um and then you ran into all these sorts of you know seemingly random encounters yeah um, with with people who just step in and just lift you up you know in, in just the right moments
0: yeah no um, uh, and, and that's
2: that's really I think that's
0: well said that's well said it's exactly that but Throughout my life, I think it's everything that nudges me. No matter how much I try to ignore it, it just continues to nudge until I react to it. Like literally, Bloomingdale's was just like nudging. Because for some mm-hmm. reason, I I my first job that I wanted was Macy's, not Bloomies. Because I never shopped in Bloomies, it's too expensive for me. Compared to Macy's, it's a little bit more affordable. They have a more variety compared to Bloomingdale's. But Bloomingdale's kept coming in the picture. The first time I saw it, I liked the decorations. They have very beautiful decorations during um, the the holiday season. Yeah, yeah. So beautiful. The windows, oh yeah. Same thing with Macy's. Macy's, yeah. Uh, so, and Sax
1: Fifth Avenue too,
0: yeah. Yes. The whole Fifth Avenue is just so attractive. It, it's beautiful in New York during the holidays. Very beautiful. People travel from all over. and They
1: can go skate yes. at and um, Brian Park.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. I have Rebecca done that. Center. I have <laughs> done that. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Check back. So,
2: I'd like to take us back. Okay um to something you know i asked earlier um which is and, and literally i am taking well i'm taking you back because i want to ask you about zambia okay <laughs> um and you know it's the question i i raised earlier because i'm really curious to hear your thoughts on that um so one do you think you'll be going back um
1: mm.
2: and if so um what would what would that be that would that would take you back? Um, but two, what do you see differently about Zambia um, and about you know your part of Zambia? You know where you grew up, your upbringing, and all of that that you have a new appreciation for that you didn't have until you left. You know, so obviously I'm sure there's some things you appreciated while you were there. I'm not that's not what I'm asking about. I'm asking about the things that you had to walk away. So I appreciate <laughs>
0: Um. So what would make me go back home? So you guys know already that I have a podcast. So part of the vision, the mission for uh, for concrete pastures is to give back to my country. Growing up rural, you get to see a lot of poverty and you get to see so many kids... Um. Like my primary school where I went to, where I started my first grade, kids didn't have school bags, didn't have books, didn't have uniforms, didn't have they 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 lacked in some in a lot of areas. So what will make me go back is giving back to my country, to those kids that have no schools during rainy season. They don't have a roof, so they have to wait till the rain season is over. I'll be able to give back. I love mm. my country. Like I told you. It's mm. a little bit on the slower pace than I've I've gotten accustomed to. If when I retire, my dream is to live in South Africa. Cape Town. Mm. Mm. That's my dream. I want I want to continue to visit Zambia, which is my home country, and I want to contribute to the growth. And I want to contribute to the growth on how I want my kids to see the country. Mm. And my contribution to it is through the mission of Concrete Pastures to be able to inspire others, to be able to uh, inspire little kids to give back, give them books, give them uh, school bags, uniforms, um, give to hospitals even. So that will make me go home. And then um, how do I see Zambia now? I haven't been home in since 2016. And I was only there for like a week because my mom was very sick. I spent a lot of my days in the hospital with my mom. There's a lot of growth in Zambia in a great way. We have a lot of uh, malls. I was very surprised to see a lot of malls. When I oh. left the country, we only had one mall, which was Manda Hill.
2: It's oh. called Manda oh.
0: Hill. And now they have so many malls. And for me, I was just like, wow, people have so much money to have all of these malls. Because when I went to to one of them, to a few of them, they were empty. Oh. So, m- my sisters that are on the ground they tell me people have money it's always been like that in zambia people do have money and there's people who don't have
1: money, <laughs> have money yeah the gap is so high so sometimes it's so wide between those two things yes
0: so the the gap is so high uh in between but now they're saying that there's a middle class so Eros, I'll, I'll,
1: erosion where's that middle class it's like you just put, nobody ever finds it sorry that's yeah. the i shouldn't make on the podcast
0: I mean, I, I would love to see that, like the the middle class. So people are making money, but also there's a lot of development from outsiders that have come to develop the country. Uh, but I would love to, to hear our own people in my country saying that we are benefiting from the outsiders coming here and developing our country. I would love to hear that, but I don't know if they, they are. So in terms of development, I can't really speak too much on it. I appreciate what I appreciate about my country is I didn't appreciate the tourism aspect of it. So when I mm. went in 2012, I took my soon-to-be ex-husband to meet my family. We—I was a tourist, literally. We went to the Victoria Falls. We went to um, so many areas that I'd never uh, gone because I took it for granted when we went to see animals, like for the first time, I went to national park inside the national park before, before I left the country, it was going and watching the animals behind, you know, the gated thing uh, at the zoo, the same way like we do here. So I got to appreciate my country in that way. And they're they're just a simple life of everything is slower, but I can only, I can only deal with it for, like a man
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a man um i mean 10 years from now probably i'll change my mind and say i need a slower pace maybe i'll go to my country and stay there so but, i don't know what god has in store for me but for now yeah. me and god have been talking SA
1: yeah. and stay Cape Town, yeah we are
0: good and i'll visit my country
1: <laughs> but isn't it amazing that we have that luxury right kind of like that proverb, mm. monkey to swing from one continent and another and knowing that we can always still find our home anywhere we go right
0: yeah definitely yeah. yeah yeah because uh, i'm not so like i'm not one of those people i guess because again boarding school i, I bring it back to boarding school
1: girl independent <laughs> i can live on a tree i can live anywhere i should stop saying tree because I'll, I'll just keep giving more ammunition to the food that I think africans live <laughs> on a tree i mean i can live anywhere i can abase in a bound when needed
0: I I easily adapt so
1: (laughs) we're like twin sisters like my goodness yeah (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) so for me really like Africa is my home I I would say so if uh, tomorrow I meet someone from a different country other than uh, Zambia and we decide to go live in their country I'll be home that's home for me like New York has been my home for a very long time and it's going to be home for me for a long time because now my kids are smaller so I have to be here let them experience their own country um and then when I retire uh hopefully soon I can you know (laughs) yeah live in that space of going to another country My, my home country is always going to be home
1: amen sister amen um I'm kind of winding down, but I think this is a very critical point in the podcast where we explore another side of you. Oh. And so, let me say this. Sorry. Um, I know you're going to probably have a lot to say. And I think it's also very important that you don't say too much because I, I don't want to overshare it and then you get into that vulnerability, hangover and it's like, oh my gosh, I said too much. Because we tend to have that influence on people. You know, it's just... Yeah. That we are. <laughs> um, so let's talk about your marriage. Yeah. You know? And I think I'm at liberty to just say I think I know a little bit about that because you've shared it on your podcast. It's nothing that is not out there already, right? So for yeah. those who are wondering, we're not gonna say everything. You have to go listen to that podcast. She's not have the excitement already for you guys. So we're just working us through how you met. And I know you are also in a multicultural relationship in the sense that your husband wasn't from um Zambia. And then you have, you know, biracial kids. And I think you're telling one of your daughters speaks Russian. And I'm like, oh, Zambian, you know, and Russian, and you know. <laughs> so let me just tell us how you guys met and the acceptance from both sides. Because those are two parts of, you know, the world you don't really expect to meet. But something beautiful, actually two beautiful things came out of that. And yeah. then the, the separation, and what that has been like for you, especially being an African woman, not in Africa currently, but the cultural, you know, mores follow you wherever you go. How has yeah. life been, and just how you be able to get to that point of this is, you know, what it is? Because I think one of the things um, I'm learning, and I think I already shared a book with me, Stay by Jennifer Hecht, talking about how life is not perfect, it's not fair. We should stop trying to make it perfect. Just enjoy the moment, and whatever comes out of it. Try to find some meaning in it. So again, let's start with your your marriage your your husband, and then the separation and how life has been like for you since then. Um.
0: So we met pretty young. Um. So September 13th, when I started with uh, with City Bike, it's when I met him, and I remember when he came in.
1: He um, ah, take your time, take your time, take your time. Ooh, I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about it? We don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. Do no, wanna we can talk
0: about it because okay. it's something that I've shared. Um, okay. So when I first saw him was. He had forgotten his green card. And um during that time, oh my goodness. Boys, we
1: boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean why is your agenda just like that? What would you guys do without us? I know, right?
0: You know when you think you're like you're done with something and then you just like catches. I no know, crap? I know. This is I the know. moment
1: right here. Uh, <laughs> Sending you home. It's
2: all right. Just take your time. Hugs,
1: hugs, hugs. I
0: receive it, sis. I receive it. Ah, yeah. So when when you get when we first started at City, they uh, they asked for all your paperwork. Uh, I produced everything. He came in late. I found out later why he had come in late, he had gone out and um he said he had gone out with his boys because yeah, he was studying yeah. a new job he was kind of like celebrating i guess
1: yeah sure this so, guy's african because coming later forget that i mean i can play that stereotype <laughs> because i'm african okay guys this is not being my do. <laughs> i
0: was on time you know i was on time oh and you can just imagine how much time i was i got lost so the training was first was um in Queens, that's, that was the first day. And mm. then two days later, we were in Manhattan. And then um, he came in. He forgot his green card. He had to go home and get his green card. Mm. So that's how I remember him. And then our training was a month training. Mm. During that time, uh, we would have like, w- you're learning how to make deposits, withdrawals, everything that teaching you the whole nine yard of taking care of clients when i i sat like you how you explained yourself in our conversation that you like to sit at the front of the class yeah i'm the yes, same yes. way because this way <laughs> i don't know for some reason i receive yeah. information much better i'm when the, I'm in the pets. front. yeah
1: i like being teacher aspect <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: So the lady is, he, he, according to him, he said he noticed my smile first, so he sat down with me. So we were all sitting in pairs in class. So we sat two and two and two. So we were in the front of the class, and for some reason he used to be quicker than me on in terms of transactions, and he was very tech savvy. So everything we were doing was very very fast. The teacher the one who started this whole thing oh Mm. you guys would make such a great couple you guys would make such a great couple so she kind of planted the seed into this whole thing and at the end of the month of our training we um how did we go at the end of the month of the training i was going to college at the time and i was going to college in the evening so everybody was going out to drink tequila. They wanted to go do tequilas. I said, no, I have to uh, have a class. So he escorted me to the subway. I was taking my A train to go um, to school. Oh, the A train. <laughs> yeah, so he, um, he brought me downstairs. We hugged. And that hug, for some reason, we both got emotional. Mm. We, were not, we were nothing to each other at the time. We just had like this chemistry and that was it. He would bring me white chocolate every single day, because mm. he found out that I, I loved white chocolate, so he would bring me that every day. So I don't even know how I Have you me. tried dark chocolate? I I have, but the one that I like is probably, like, milk chocolate. It's okay. So- it's
1: okay. I feel like if you say one more thing, I don't like you anymore, because you already have that apple. You're already not too nice, but it's fine. I, I didn't hear that part about you liking white chocolate. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: So, so I, I, I have and then um from that um a month we after that we started working in our branches he was working in brooklyn i was working in harlem we we lost contact he lost his phone i don't know what happened with tequilas he lost his phone i contacted him and then he found one of my messages called me back i'm like oh so what happened with you but he was like, "Oh no, I lost my phone, blah blah blah." I was, and then I asked him, "I'm like, what are you doing tonight? Whatever." So I guess that was asking out him out. According to him, he's like, "You asked me out." I'm like, "No, this was just a vibe." I was just, we oh. we're, were both on the same page, okay? Oh. So we met on in Times Square. He took me. We went our first date. Fast forwarding to now, fifteen years later into our relationship. We were together for seven years, no kids. We did that by choice. So we traveled, we wanted to enjoy each other. We wanted to know each other. We're coming from two different households, two different cultures. And on top of that, we were young and we just... Had not nothing, no money, nothing. How old were you when you got married? Everything. Um, we were in our twenties, yeah, so like yeah, early twenties. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the exact age. Um, but with we wanted to spend our time because we were the type of people that just got up. Let's go to Boston. We would go to Boston to go for, have lunch. The good old days without kids. Yes, no kids. <sighs> So when our daughter came around, I personally, he has, I'm sure, a different explanation. I personally didn't know how to navigate those three things together. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: My daughter, me, my husband, and just the whole situation. And then a career. I was just beginning my career. At the time, I was a supervisor at TD Bank. And I wanted to move up the ladder. I wanted to continue to pursue my career. I didn't want like anything hindering whatever was happening in my career as well because I wanted a better life for us. And that went on. We had a lot of differences. And then we found a common ground in a way. But still things, if you don't work on your problems or communicate the right way, things will continue to linger and they'll show up at some point. Yeah. And they kept showing up because we didn't really resolve the issue. We just kind of put it on the side and just dealt with the day-to-day. Okay. As immigrants, for me, I thought we can just manage certain things. We can, we understand each other without talking, especially that we were together for a long time. We take that for granted, that we don't necessarily have to communicate. You understand me. We come from the world of finance. You know that I have to move up. For me, it's very hard. So I need to work this much harder to go to as a, a certain,
1: female immigrant, as a female, and, yeah, as a
0: black yeah. woman. Yes. I have to mention that, yes. um, because there's certain things like if someone has an accent that's African yeah. compared to someone who is Spanish, blue eyes, yeah, mm-hmm. or someone with blue eyes or someone from New Yorkers, not the New from. They yeah, but some, someone who's from Europe is considered mm. sexy and attractive and it, it's acceptable. For me, it's just like, oh, she cannot communicate the right way. She cannot do this, but it's my accent. And on top of that, I have my own insecurity of my lisp. I had to teach myself in so many ways on how to pronounce it in words, uh, how to teach myself. People can't even notice now that I do have you sound cute, a lisp. By the way
1: you. Can, you Thanks. It.
0: <laughs> a lisp but unless you like listen really hard you would hear it it's like okay and same thing with uh with the whole situation about um uh, even with the with the podcast i was resistant to it because i'm just like okay i'm going to be exposing myself so much when it comes to my lisp and there's certain things that i cannot say they'll come out the wrong a certain way on the mic compared to in person. It's very different. So fast forwarding, our second child comes around and then um, things, uh, whatever was not resolved, life changed, COVID happened. Whatever was not resolved, surfaced as well. Children don't change anything. Children don't change your marriage. They bring a lot of joy, a a lot of happiness. But if there's any unresolved issues, it exposes that. And COVID for us did expose that because we stayed home. We're quarantining. So our demons, whatever demons that we did not take care of came out. And they came out so bad that we just had to, to dissolve our relationship completely. All of us are losers in this situation, my kids especially. It was a very painful moment. I had to find a way to heal from it. I, Being a single parent is not a, an easy task. I've never wanted to sign up for this. Yeah. because
1: of how I saw my mom You're go about it. in episode that this was something that you were very, very um, conscious about not letting your kids yes. go
0: through. Yes, I, I really wanted that for my kids. I made sure I, I, I wanted to stick it out for my, for my kids. But there was just always something that was, I felt like I needed to, to be flushed out. I felt suffocated in my own relationship and I couldn't stay there anymore. I... Once I filed for divorce, there was no going back for me. It was just, this is it, I'm done. I need to be able to take care of me and my kids. And to get to that point of healing, it was a journey that was very painful. It, it was not easy. The shame and uh, of explaining to people what had happened.
1: Yeah.
0: Whether it was my family, my sisters. Mind you, I had so many of my sisters Two of my sisters used to call me every single day, including my best friend. Every single day. But that cannot heal you completely inside of you. Unless you do your work of forgiveness. I needed to forgive myself for allowing certain things to happen in my marriage. For allowing, for tolerating and for behaving the way I behaved in my own marriage. In front of my kids. The anger that I had. I needed to let go of all of that, the negative energy. I needed to let go of so many things and negative people too. I needed to bring positivity in my life. Praying was, I was praying, but not praying to the way that I needed to pray. So I needed to go back to connecting with God. My pastor, Fred, He, he, he really came through for me when I called him. He only allowed me to talk about myself and what I was going to be doing about myself. Nobody else. I had done therapy in my, I recommend therapy to everybody, but I knew what I needed. Because if I went to therapy, I'm telling you more. I I will be talking about my ex-husband and talking about him, how he did me this, how he did me that. I I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to point a finger. I wanted to point a finger to me. And resolve what I had done Mm -hmm. in my marriage, in my relationship, and how I had failed him and my kids. So Mm -hmm. taking ownership was very big for me. And then um, just the culture itself of, um, I had to unlearn whatever is acceptable of our culture. It's fine. I was okay to make my own rules. I had to accept what was happening now because aside from dealing with the separation, I have all, all other things that I was dealing with financially still like I lost my savings. So dealing with all of that was so painful. And then my kids were constant. They are still a constant reminder, but now I'm okay with it. I'm able to see I Cause when you look at my kids, they look like both of us. So, you, I can I cannot throw away my kids, <laughs> no. just because. So I cannot hurt. I cannot really apply hatred on my ex husband without applying hatred on our kids. Mm. Because out of our marriage, out of our relationship, no matter what transpired, we have those beautiful kids together. Without him, I don't have those kids. Without me, mm. he doesn't have the kids. So. The road to forgiveness was big for me. I, ha- I needed to forgive myself, to forgive him, to be able to, even if I meet him today in the streets, I can say hello without having any animosity behind my voice
1: or act childish or anything. And that's a big point, because I recall in one of well, that episode, you talked about how when you saw him at the grocery store, you almost had a panic attack. And sometimes when your daughter would talk about him, you would just, you know, this was when you she used was to go into... Yes, she, she, she was always, my
2: trigger. Yes, because she always
1: was very close, and she always to talk about her dad.
2: And I More, know she, she was
1: also holding back, no wanting to offend mom or dad.
0: Yeah, and it was <sighs> so bad. She found me... Um going through pictures and she, I was cutting the pictures, uh, either on the computer or in like with the scissors, she literally held my hand and she stopped me from doing that because she had, she has a different picture of her parents. She wanted to still see that family. She told me to leave the pictures alone of me, her dad, her and her brother. So I've left all of those pictures the same way. Yeah. And even the pictures where I, there's one picture of me and him that we took the first picture of me and him is still, or it, I, I left it for her and her brother. Yeah. Like one day when I'm no longer here or both of us are no longer on here, they're able to go back and say, these were our parents. So I yeah. left that for them uh, despite whatever, because Part of healing, you have to get rid of things that remind you of. So for me, it was my pictures. I couldn't take a look at the pictures. There's too many pictures. We have thousands of pictures. It's 15 years of relationship. So we took pictures everywhere we went. And there's so much stories from those pictures. So I was trying to get rid of the pictures. When she stopped me, I just stopped because she also is going through this. Because I forgot that part that she's also going through a breakup with
1: me and her father yeah, as her well. father, yeah. And it's funny how even those, the pictures never um, break up, even though the people in the pictures might be, but the pictures are always a constant reminder of a time yeah. that is so sore. But how do yeah. you preserve your own sanity while at the same time honoring that you're, you might not have worked anymore with between your husband, but that doesn't take away from the fact that He's still the father of the kids and, you know, his relationship there. That is quite hard. And I think many people struggle with that. No, that's
0: why I needed to be, honestly, I needed to heal because you, you cannot not love your children and then hate the person that helped bring them on earth. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: it's it's, it's important for me i can I, I i mean everybody's different for me i couldn't find i'm not the type of person that holds grudges it's too much it's like poison for me because every time you see that person you get angry and angry because the first time i saw him after the breakup um in the store i was in the car i saw him in the in the store my physical heart was hurting behind that it was like painful <laughs> So I can't imagine holding a garage for someone and going through that every single day. Like when you see the person, you're angry. So I refused. I prayed to God. I'm like, I need to take this pain away from me. I need to be able to forgive and move on. I cannot hold on to anger anymore. Of, Cause he was like controlling me living in my brain rent free. And every time I was just thinking and, When you think, it just goes, it makes its own stories constantly, even some things that are not true. So it it gets even worse. So I needed to get out of that space to be able to be a better person to myself, to be a better mother to my kids, to show up the right way for my kids.
2: just i just wanted to say um you know there's something really amazing about what you said um you know about um and i love the word you used um taking ownership um because it's it's such a tricky thing to talk about um and i think it's partly because we don't have the right language for it right Um there's this aspect of when something like this happens um and of course, because a lot of times people will blame one person, or you know, and often it's the woman, right? Yeah. Um, that a lot of the blame goes to. Um, and and that sort of, you know, um, and of course, it's even worse when it's things, you know, that are like, you know, when it's like traumatizing issues mm-hmm. as well, where someone yeah. is a victim. Um, but then there's that power in taking ownership, right? Of of the actually this is my story mm-hmm. um and 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 actually i get to think about how i'm going to interpret it and how i'm going to understand it and, yeah. and the meaning um that it has um that i have agency in that and and that's actually where sort of freedom comes from but i think it's hard because especially um in talking about it with people because it's very easy to talk about it in a way that sounds like blame yeah and especially because people are often blaming in fact so <laughs> um so it's, it's a coping mechanism almost like how,
1: it's actually a coping mechanism yeah, to blame someone how else, do you yeah. talk
2: about it to someone in a way that doesn't come across as blame? Especially when there is a lot of blame actually happening. And and I feel like in that word ownership, you've you've sort of captured that, right? Is yeah. um the thank word I've it. often used before now was taking responsibility. But you know, there's there's a sense in which that still sort of almost sounds like blame a little bit. Um and I love that word you chose, taking ownership. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like that's that's how I'm going to be thinking about it going forward. Um so thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and for that really um, wholesome and, and whole way to think about um, something very difficult and, and hard.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think he also shows the place of therapy. I always tease out on media that um, we should always take a chug of drink every time he advocates for therapy. But I actually did his job for him today, showing how amazing you are. And, and I think therapy also helped you give words to what you felt and understanding that it took two to make that marriage. And you probably, um, you also, you know, like you said, taking ownership. But I think the most humbling thing was when you said, I also have to consider what I did to him. You know, we don't really think about that in the context because somebody's heart might be bigger than it did to us. But there's also maybe a part we played in, you know, that situation that we tend to overlook because if your heart is bigger, then mine should be negligible. But it's still also taking ownership. And I think all the responses you've given to the questions we've asked so far, Uh, has just been amazing, Nancy. And I and I really want to thank you for your your openness, your vulnerability and just your beauty, even shining through. I know when we did your podcast, I had um make this um allegory, which I'm gonna say uh, sorry, I had made this um allusion to the fact that your podcast is titled Concrete Pastures. But you mean you remind me of that rose growing in the midst of thorns, that tiny little weed that busts through, you know, on a on a pavement, a pavement in New York that is so hard and hot. But it's that um grass just growing through the cracks, you know. You flourished out of so many things you've gone through, and I think it's a testament of just your resilience and also the beauty in you. And so thank you for walking us through the beginning of your life and up until the very moment. And I know that whatever life throws at you. You're more than capable to um, of enough of just, you know, overcoming it. But I really want to thank you. Now, before you go real quick, where can people find you and is there any cause you'd like to highlight today?
0: Um, People can find me on, uh, on our platform, which is Concrete Pastures. We are first of all we have a website sorry concretepastures.com okay uh we are soon actually going to be uh coming up two weeks from now we're working on an app you can download our app for free for samsung so concrete pastures um i'm to yes. hear that
1: samsung okay android only thank you sorry <laughs> go ahead
0: for now, all of my apple people don 't worry coming soon coming don't
1: soon in that moment for me hey. <laughs>
0: it 's love for everybody, so you get to catch up on all of the episodes you get to see uh, the videos on youtube, so we 're making it easy. I understand our audience, our diaspora people are super busy, so you get to download the app you don 't have to go on spotify, Apple, everything is connected to our app it 's easy and yeah um we have our social media handles are going to be in the show notes i'm i'm sure uh, which is we are on uh, instagram twitter and facebook please like our page follow us and you get to catch up on everything um
1: concrete pastures thank you i will only all of that in the show notes nancy i have a strong feeling we're going to talk way more after this as far as you know yes just, please, you know, please. yes can we be best friends already um yes. put off your list okay i'm coming for that number just kidding <laughs> but thank you thank you so much thank uh, you nancy yes please thank come you back guys again.
0: for having me
1: thank you this was a very Yay. rich episode guys as you can see uh don't forget to share with your friends and let us know those DMs and text messages and comments and um WhatsApp messages to send about episodes that are really connected with you really go a long way in helping us, you know, calibrate uh, our guests and bringing in, you know, fresh and exciting and also life giving topics and all that to you. In any event, this has been another episode with Mo and
2: I I I I I am a day. <laughs>
1: that's him trying to buffer like his internet <laughs> ah, I am there please be even if your internet is not stable be stable please okay please thank you well guys catch you guys on another episode <laughs> of the most Multiple podcast bye for now bye alright
2: Nancy we'll
1: let you know when the episode comes down.